Uh, well, good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It is so good to be together, and Happy New Year. I love it. It's a brand new year, and God's going to do amazing things this year, and I'm so excited to be on this journey together. And I want to say a big welcome to all of our campuses. So welcome, everybody, our Franklin campus, online campus, our Nolensville campus, our Columbia campus, our Nashville campus, and our Haywood Hills campus. Hey, welcome, everybody. And what a great way to start a new year by saying we want to put God first. We want to dedicate this year to the Lord. And so being in church, being in worship, man, let's point back to Him. And I am so grateful for all God is doing. You know, I love a new year because it's a new opportunity for us to kind of set New Year's resolutions. And I don't know if you set those, but I want to encourage you. I mean, today is day one, right? So go ahead and take some time with family. Go ahead and be alone. Find some time to write down some resolutions. And, and a lot of people's resolutions, right, are, Spending time with the Lord. And so, hey, day one, you've got it. You're off to a great start. Uh, or maybe it's, hey, working out. You know, maybe it's losing weight. Maybe it's, you know, hey, uh, getting finances in order. All those things are good. But whatever it is for you, whatever it is for your family, make some goals. Take some time and write those out. And through the years, I've kind of seen some funny ones, right? There's been some funny ones. Somebody last year said, hey, in 20, you know, 2022, that was last year, they said, hey, I want to order every drink off the menu at Starbucks. I thought, well, that's Good resolution. Good luck, man. You know, so maybe they did it. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they, you want to do that this year. Some people said, hey, I want it every Tuesday to be Taco Tuesday. You know, and so maybe in 2023, you want tacos every Tuesday. Or some people said, I don't want to wear socks the entire year, right? And so I don't know if you want to have some fun goals in there, some fun resolutions. But man, take some time and write those out because it's exciting to say, hey, I want to be goal-driven. I want to be focused on the things that matter. And I want to be focused on God this year. And so Spend time with the Lord. Grow deeper in Him. But be sure and prioritize Him as you set those resolutions this year. You know, 2023 is a big year for us as a church. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, we're going to be 20 years old as a church. I can't believe that. Think about this. Think about this. 20 years ago, we had 15 people meeting in an apartment clubhouse on Thursday nights for Bible study. 15 people. We had no money. We had no staff. We had no building. But we had a really big God, <laughs> a really big God. And the same God, the same God in the Old Testament who was parting seas, the same God who was coming and bringing fire down on Mount Carmel, right? The same God who was beating Goliath. That same God is the same God with us today. And our God is greater. And we've seen God do miracles. We've seen God do miracles. In 20 years, it's all glory to Him. And so we want to celebrate that. We want to say we want to be a people of God today. We want to follow God with our lives. I'm excited about 2023 for us as a church, right? You know, we are one church, multiple campuses, but all united in Christ, all united in Him. And God's going to do great things this year, church. You know, we're going to celebrate on January 22nd at the Ryman. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't gone online to get your tickets, it's free. But pull out the Rolling Hills app, go ahead and sign up for those tickets, right, and get them. Because it's going to be an amazing time. And then we're going to see this, and we're going to have the grand opening of our Nolensville campus. Woo, way to go, church. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to have a new location for our Columbia campus. It's going to be a big year, church. We're going to go back to our roots. We're going to do a, a movie series. Since we've been in a movie theory, theater for a while, we're going to have a movie series, and I'm excited about that. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a master class on the book of Romans this summer, which is going to be incredible. We're going to see God give us a new vision for the next 20 years and what God's going to do. I can't wait for this year. We're going to see God raise up the next generation. 
right? Preschool, children, students, summer camps, mission trips, growing every Sunday in discipleship. We're going to see our God do amazing things, and we get to be a part of it together. And I'm so thankful to be on this journey with you. So this morning, we're kind of kicking off this 20-year series. And we're going to start it off in this series. We're going to be looking at our vision statement and bringing all of us together over these next four weeks. Our vision statement as a church, we have this vision statement that we kind of lock together in all of our ministries and all of our campuses. And it says this, a people of God reaching out, growing up, giving all. A people of God reaching out, growing up, giving all. So we're going to talk about that. Today we're going to talk about a people of God. Next week we'll talk about reaching out, right? The church is not a country club, you know. It's not just a here for us. It's us being sent out. It's us doing missions. It's us doing ministry. It's us reaching out. And to think about that in 20 years and what God's done over in Moldova, you know, with all the lives that are being impacted there and the Amazon and, and lives being changed, jungle pastors. But it's the people of God reaching out. It's all of us together making a difference. Growing up spiritually that we're maturing in the Lord. And we pray that you will be deeper in your walk with the Lord, you know, a year from now than you are right now. That you'll grow strong, community groups, men's study, women's studies. Man, I'm excited about this year. we got verses on May 4th for men. We've got women's ministry with gathering. We've got all kinds of opportunities in growing up. And then on January 22nd at the Ryman, we're going to be talking giving all. Right, what Jesus calls us to is not just like compartmentalize our faith and have a little bit of Jesus over here, but to give it all. Total surrender to the Lord. And what if this year we just said, totally, God, I'm completely yours. God, I want to follow you. I want to put you first. I want to be a man or woman after your heart. God, I want all glory given to you. Watch what God will do. It's going to be incredible. And so I'm excited to see God work in our lives individually and as his church today. So let's talk about this. A people of God. A people of God. That's what we want to kind of focus in on today. Who are we as God's church? What is God's purpose for us here? Peter writes this. He says, but you are a chosen people. Now think about these words, right? Chosen. You are a chosen people and God in his sovereignty has chosen you. God has invited you into this relationship with him. I mean, that's incredible to me. But God's chosen us to be his church today. Look, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You know, maybe you don't think of yourself as a priest. You're like, ah, you know, but, but, but think about this. You know, a priest is a bridge builder between God and man. And, and the church, that's what we're called to do. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That word holy means to be set apart, right? It means to be different. It means to be unique. You're a holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Look at this. Once you were not a people. <laughs> you weren't, right? But now you are the people of God. There it is, the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You know, Peter who wrote this, New Testament, Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. He was Jewish. He grew up Jewish, you know. But when he met Jesus, man, his life came alive. He committed his life to following Jesus. He saw God do miracles, and we've seen God do miracles today. And so Peter was on this amazing journey, and now Peter's realizing God's working through his church. The church is the vehicle by which God accomplishes his work. But when Peter's writing this, those words are going back to the Old Testament. Right? He's, he's thinking about this chosen people, this royal priesthood, this holy nation. And he's going back to 
the children of Israel. The children of Israel. So the Old Testament, the people of God, the children of Israel. Right? The Jews, they were there. Now here's how it works, right? If you go back, Genesis chapter 1. God created man for a relationship with him. So if you ever wonder why you're created, if you ever wonder why am I here, you're here because God wants a relationship with you. And, and nothing else in life is going to make sense until this relationship is right. And we can search for everything else to fill that void, right? Money, another person, success, right, my image. But, but man, it's all hollow until God is at the center of my life. And so here we are, Genesis chapter 1. Hey, Genesis chapter 2, things are great. God created Adam and Eve for a relationship with him. They were in right relationship with God. They were in right relationship with one another. Great marriage. Things are really good for two chapters, right? For two chapters in the Bible. And then comes Genesis 3. And Genesis 3, man sins, right? And they say, God, I don't want to do it your way. I want to do it my way. And sin enters in the world. Now you've got a holy God and sinful man. Holy God and sinful man. And we can identify, right? Every one of us has sinned. Every one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. But here's the good news of the Bible. God didn't give up on them. And God doesn't give up on you. In the midst of their sin, God already had a plan to redeem mankind. And so God called out for himself a people. A people to reveal his character, to reveal his nature, to show the world who he is. There's a guy named Abram. He says, Abram, leave your country, your people. Go to a land I will show you. I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky. And here we go. Children of Israel. A people carved out for God. A people from whom he'll bring the Messiah. The salvation of the world. And, and so this people begin to follow God, right? They begin to trust God. It says in Deuteronomy. And the Lord has declared this day that you are his people. His treasured possession. Remember that? Those are those words. As he promised, and that you are to keep all his commands that he has declared, that he will set you in praise, fame, and honor above all the nations he has made, and that you will be a people holy to the Lord your God as he promised. So God's carving out this people from himself, right? There's all these other people around, you know, but you keep going, you keep going, you know, right? And, and there's all these other people around who worship pagan gods, but God's going, no, you're unique. I'm revealing my heart. I'm revealing my character. See, we're made in the image of God. We get this, right? Maybe over Christmas you go, man, I had a great Christmas because I was with my people, right? I mean, those are my people, you know? And that's what God was doing. God was revealing his heart, revealing through his people. Now look at this. God wants a relationship with his people. So God carves out. He shows them who he is, gives the Ten Commandments, gives the entire Old Testament, says this is how you're called to live. But what happened? They were prone to wonder, right? Joshua says, now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. You know, what happened is as they grew, as they prospered, as they became successful, then all of a sudden it became about other gods, little g. Money, success, pleasure, the things of this world. And, and God's going, no, you're looking like the world. Hold on, stop. Bring your heart back to me. Here's what Jeremiah says. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God. And they will return to me with all their heart. See, God's plan was like bringing his people back to him. It wasn't just rules and regulations. I mean, that's important to know, you know, who you are, unique. But God's always been interested in 
our heart. That's God's heartbeat for us. And so, here's what God does. God sent his son to redeem our hearts. God sent his son to redeem our hearts. Isn't that amazing? That's why Jesus came. So that we could have this relationship with God. Our relationship would be restored. Our sin atoned for. Our lives changed. God has always been about people. God's always been about redeeming and restoring our hearts. Hey, if you have a Bible today, I don't know if you do, but if you do, I'd love for you to grab it. If you've got maybe a mobile device, you can go there on the Rolling Hills app. If you don't have the Rolling Hills app, go ahead and download it. There's so much information as we go into 2023. So many things there for you. But go with me to Matthew. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, right? We just had Christmas, which was awesome. Celebrating Jesus, the birth of Christ Jesus in the world today. And now Jesus comes and he lives, right? 33 sinless years. And he shows the heartbeat of God. So when you come to Matthew 12, here's what it says. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and he began to pick some of the heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath. Now the Pharisees are the religious leaders. Right? And they had fallen in love with the law. They had fallen in love with the rules. You know, but Jesus is showing his heart here. He answered, haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priest. Or haven't you read the law that the priest on the Sabbath, day, on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater then the temple is here. That was a big statement, okay? Because <laughs> they had fallen in love with the temple and they're missing God. And something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, he went into the synagogue. And there a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, If one of you have a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? That's big. Jesus is saying, how much more valuable is a person than property or anything? That's God's heartbeat right there. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored. Just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. What? You would think the Pharisees would be going, that's awesome, congratulations, you're healed. Way to go, look what God's doing. But no, they go out and they plot to kill Jesus. They don't want Jesus in there messing up their deal, right? I mean, they've got the law, they're following all the rules. And Jesus is coming and saying, hey, follow me. <laughs> I love you, I care about you. I want your heart redeemed and restored. We know, right? The Pharisees did carry that out. They went to the Romans and, and said, hey, this guy ought to be crucified. And Jesus died on a cross. And Satan thought he had won. <laughs> but oh no, oh no. After three days, Jesus conquered death. Woo! Jesus made a way for you and me to have eternal life, to be in right relationship with the Lord. He took our place. Substitutionary atonement, right? Jesus was our substitute. Jesus stood in our place. And here's the beautiful news. A relationship with God through Jesus is not about what we do, but about what He's done. 
It's not about what we do, right? We couldn't keep all the laws. We couldn't be perfect. So Jesus came and took our place. Jesus came and paid our price. Look at what he's done. And now, if you want to flip over to Romans. Romans chapter 11. Look at this. The Apostle Paul, who was Jewish, children of Israel, people of God, right? But now he's writing this. Again I ask, did they stumble so as fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgressions, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their full inclusion bring? He's saying God still has a heartbeat for the Jews. God still has a heartbeat, but it's for them to come to the Lord through Jesus. It's all through Jesus. And there's a lot of Messianic Jews. There's a lot of people who've given their lives to Christ. But God's opening the door. Look at verse 17. If some of the branches have been broken off, and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing sap of the olive root. I mean, this beautiful picture, right? Maybe you remember being in science class, and you did the whole grafting, right, thing. Or, or maybe you remember, like, if you're in agriculture, and you, you've done some of this before, but we are the engrafted branch. Do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, but they were broken off because of their unbelief, and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. You stand